Welcome to the Culture Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Walker, along with my co-host and brother, Ernest Childs. We're here to talk about the same old stuff we chop it up about every other day. To be real, we talk about anything, but the aim of this podcast is to have an open discussion about everything. It'll be spiritually based, but in real talk, so you won't have to worry about us sugarcoating the topics. I hope y'all enjoyed this podcast as much as we enjoyed recording it. And if you don't, well, there's probably somebody somewhere who think you are right. Enjoy the show. This is what it sound like when we roll in our house still open. All these people, all these drugs that could fit the ocean. They say they can, they say they can't tell me what they smoking. Making waves, making waves, making real commotion. This is what it sound like when we roll in our house still open. All these people, all these drugs that could fit the ocean. They say they can, they say they Let's get this thing started. Uh, it's uh, another episode of the Culture Bros Podcast with Jordan. I got a special guest, my cousin on the line. I uh, wanted to get her because she's multi-talented being a teacher and selling houses. She makes it sound easy, but I know for a fact it's not. So I had to get her on the line to get the down, dirty details about it. Miss Marissa Martin, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? It's sensational, sensational, you know, another day, another dollar, another breath, you know, world's turning and everything's good my way. I understand that, same over here. Beautiful, beautiful. So before we get started, uh, tell the people about yourself before we get all into it. Okay, so quick little background, my bachelor's in marketing, my master's in management, I have my real estate license and my teaching certification. So I've kind of done a lot of things in real estate as far as like property management, being a realtor, working at a real estate investment firm. There's some teaching. Now I'm back in real estate again, but doing apartment locating and new construction only. So, okay, man, that, that was probably about 10 different things that a lot of people had to... <laughs> So as a realtor, um, what type of stuff do you look for when you're kind of like scoping out places? Because to a normal person, you would want an ideal place in an ideal location, maybe around a school, not too far away from like public events, public places. Like what's the what's the selling point that you want to market to everybody you're trying to sell a house to? So like you said, if. If it's a family, they're usually going to be concerned about schools. What district is it in? Do they have bus stops, routes, all that good stuff? But if it's a single person, they usually want something new. They usually want something where there's shopping or restaurants around. So I mainly look for the newer properties just because those are easier to sell to people than the older, rundown ones. Okay. And what made you want to get your real estate license? It's actually funny. I was watching HGTV with my aunt. We used to watch it all the time when I was in college. So when I graduated from undergrad, it was in 2008, and that's when like the economy kind of crashed. So I graduated, had highest honors, and I'm like, okay, what do I do? So I started looking up jobs, and everywhere was like you have to have five years of experience, ten years of experience. So I'm like, well, I just graduated. What can I do? <laughs> 
So I was like, well, what do I love to do? And I was like, well, I like HGTV, and I like the show House Hunters. So that's how I got into real estate, just because I like the TV shows. <laughs> that's great. I used to watch House Hunters all the time, and then it started branching off into all these different uh, – like different flavors of house hunters or actually mm-hmm. I really like watching the um the people who went through bought houses and rebuilt them and refurbished them it was like two brothers that was doing it for a long time and I always like seeing the whole I you know start to finish of them finding a house that isn't too completely run down for them to get a good deal on it and then just bring it back up from the ground up Exactly, but those shows only show like the good parts of it, unfortunately. <laughs> so people think, oh, I'm gonna just look at three houses and I'm done. Oh man, it doesn't work like that. Well, my clients, for the most part, they don't look at that many places because I really try to find out what you're wanting, so it's easier. But if you have to show somebody like 20 properties, you're not doing your job good enough. Yeah, that that's true. I when I moved over to England, it might just be. You know, American taste in English land. Like, I had, when I started going around looking for houses, the real estate agent, I had told her I just wanted, well, I ended up getting a roommate after. So I told him, I was like, oh, you can get, you know, a room. I can get a room and we could have like, you know, maybe two extra guest rooms or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, And we told the real estate agent this. And she's taking us to all these houses that are like, on paper, four to five bedrooms, but once you go into them, like European houses are really small built, they're really tight built. One house looked like a Barney's Playhouse, just ugly paint oh, everywhere, outdated carpets, ugly wallpaper from this. And it's all stuff you never think about, like when you're looking for your first house, like what the options are. A lot of people just don't update their houses. So I'm just exactly. I was like, can you give me something more modern? Like, <laughs> Like, these all kind of suck, Linda. I, I'd rather just live in the dorms on these. Oh, goodness. Uh, Did she give you some good options? Uh, we ended up finding one that I currently live in now. It's really modern. It's great. The only gripe against it is, um, what is the only, it's, oh, it only has one, sh- it only has one shower. So, oh, that's crazy. yeah, that's, an- and it's a five bedroom house. That's really annoying. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't know why I feel like they should because there's space for them to build another shower and bathroom. They just have to take away from like a loft that's on one side of the house that nobody uses. Yeah. But that's also up to the property owner for them to invest that money to. But I love the way the house is designed. I'll take a lot of this type of stuff i'm uh, trying to get my engineering degree and i'll want to put a lot of pieces of what's in this house into my house but i also say that about every house i travel to <laughs> so get a custom build oh uh, it is gonna be a mosaic of <laughs> travel houses i've been to so that's good uh, you all your experience together yeah yeah that's gonna be great to right up and draw out so uh how is getting the certifications and uh, all the proper documentation and the follow-up after because it's not just about finishing your real estate exams you actually have to be put on to an actual agency where you could start selling houses right 
Yeah, so I guess it just depends on what state that you're in. I know Texas is one of the strictest states as far as real estate license goes. So, of course, you first have to take your classes, and the number of classes is going to depend on if you have an education background or not. So if you have your bachelor's, they usually will waive some classes. If you don't, then you have to take more classes. Um, then you'll do your exams. That's the part that really gets people caught up. I passed my exams the first time, but I did a prep course. A lot of people skip the prep course and then they fail the test. So I will always tell people, make sure you go take those prep classes because you really do need it so that you can pass the first time. After that's done, you have to pass fingerprinting just to make sure you're not a criminal. <laughs> can't be a felon selling houses. <laughs> yeah, you're not a felon house. You can't do that. Um, and then you'll go about finding a broker. Honestly, finding a broker is not pretty much hard to do because they want people because they take a commission from your check each time. Okay. But it's just finding one that's going to work for you and finding one that's going to actually give you training. Because there's some brokers who will just hang your license, but they're not going to give you any training at all. And those are usually the agents that come out and they struggle a lot because they don't know what to do. And they're just kind of doing trial and error themselves. Okay. So... so Dang, never, never really thought of it like that. When you get into it, I would expect a broker to want to work with their client because if they're taking a part of the commission, it would behoove them to teach them like, hey, here's the tricks of the trade so they could be more productive, giving them a little bit more revenue. Exactly. But a lot of them don't. Honestly, they'll just take your monthly fees. Some brokers will do monthly fees. Some brokers will just do a split like each transaction. You have to pay X, Y, Z amount where they'll take 30%, 40%, just depending on the brokers that you go to. So usually, like, if you have a higher split, those are the brokers that really try to train their agent. But if you have, like, a company that's, like, you pay $100 a month and that's it, or either you get 100% commission and we just take out a fee, those are usually for the more experienced agents that already know what they're doing, not for someone that's new. So what, what's the difference between, like, what examples are good examples for, like, a good agent and, like, a new agent and an experienced agent? I don't want to say good or bad. So I would say, like, when I'm looking at contracts, I can see who's a new agent and who's not, usually, because you can kind of see they'll make, like, real silly errors on there like they may forget to put the option period over there or they may not add up the totals right um they also don't negotiate back you just tell them hey i want this for my client they're just like okay let me get it <laughs> versus trying to like fight for their clients um also a lot of older agents they don't answer their phones a lot which is missed money really they're just so busy which i get but at the same time, you can build a bad brand if you're never answering your phone. Right. Um, and there's some newer agents, they just think, oh, I can work an hour or two and then I'm done. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen. So you're going to put in a lot of hours up front. But then, like, as you grow, you can kind of work less and less, but you still have to put in hours. It's not like a one hour a day type of job. Right. Yeah, I could. I would never expect a real estate agent to come in for an hour or two and then expect to go home. Like, you know, it's it's about my lunchtime. So uh, if you could just hurry up with that viewing. 
my God, what? No. Or they just skimp past it, go home instead of just doing the paperwork. And then it takes any somebody longer just to get their contracts finalized. And I've had to and some of them do that too. You'll text them, hey, is this house still available? And you never hear anything back. Oh so you have to God. call the broker. Hey, you don't want money? This house has been sitting on the market for like 100 days. <laughs> You're not answering your text messages. What's going on? So you can kind of see that one too. Now I will say for apartment locating, what I do now, you can make a lot of money and not work as much. So like I sold a house, well not a house, but an apartment. And that was like a thousand dollar commission. That was like hours work. So of course for the rest of the day, I was like, oh, I got my thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but that's of apartment locating. That's a whole different beast than just typical real estate. I never really thought about that either. There's different sectors. There's Exactly. A lot of people don't do the apartment locating side because they don't know about it. But the ones who do and the ones who do it well, you can make a whole bunch of money really quick. Dang. Dang, that sounds kind of good. <laughs> I know. This one guy, he made 40000 last month. I was like, man. 40000 last month? Mm-hmm. In one month of June. 40000 last month. After taxes? Hmm? Before or after? I don't even think that matters. Before or after? Well, with real estate, you pay your taxes at the end of the year or you pay it quarterly because they don't take out your taxes since you're not an employee. So you have to pay it at the end of the year or either you pay it quarterly. Wow. So if you're a real estate, you can't spend all your money... Or otherwise, with tax time, you're going to be looking crazy. <laughs> that's still incredible, though. Like, even exactly. if they end up paying not that, that's, that's honestly half a year's salary for a lot of people. Exactly. And I'm at a little bit over 10 for this month. I'm like, I need to get like him and stuff with my game. Exactly. <laughs> not just work an hour and then stop. But yeah, you can make a lot. You just have to hustle a lot can't give up fail it's okay to fail that's going to be your number one thing in real estate you're going to have to fail so you can learn what not to do and how to get better at it what does failing in real estate look like um it can just be like so many things you can send somebody a list of properties without qualifying them good enough and they're like i don't like any of those places and they ghost you (laughs) again and then when you Finally, because they're like, oh, I already found a place with somebody else. You're like, okay, let me next time spend more time making sure that my list is good. Or you can market at different places. Like sometimes I'll post something on Instagram and I'll get a whole bunch of hits. Sometimes I'll post something and I won't get anything at all. So I'm like, what do I do differently? Like what time should I post? What type of stuff do people respond to more? So just like little things like that, mainly marketing. Is the way you fail at real estate. Yeah, that's something else that would be really beneficial. Just understanding how to market the th- the houses that you're selling properly. For a lot of people, they think, oh, people want houses. That That's it. And yeah. the things that you said, uh, just from advertising this podcast, or just posting anything in general that I want people to see, there are times that people really do pay attention. There are days that people are going to pay more attention than other days. Like Sundays, nobody's going to pay attention. 
Nobody's exactly. looking at their phones on a Sunday. Uh, honestly, during a work day is probably the best time. The, the average median day of somebody's work day is about the best time to post. And this is just stuff you have to pick up if you're in any type of industry, such as real estate or any type of advertisement that you're trying to do. You have to understand like the habits of people to exactly. just pass the message by them in the first place because you could post it at 6 a.m. in the morning. Nobody's looking at their phone. And by the time they do look at your phone, everything you posted is buried by that time. There might be like one or two people who just, you know, are creeping down your timeline that might see it. Yep, that's exactly how it is in real estate, too. They used to say you post on Thursdays just because people want to look on the weekend. So if you post, like, on a Monday or a Tuesday, yeah, people may look at it and they may like it, but they're probably not going to actually go visit the property. Yeah. Dang. That's a little nugget <laughs> that people don't always know about. They post it at the wrong times. <laughs> Unless you're a rebel, it works sometimes. When I sold my house, I posted on a Tuesday just because I'm just a rebel. I like to try it. <laughs> and I got offers right away, but I would not do it for a client. I take risks with my own stuff, <laughs> not anybody else's. Hey, that's a good work ethic right there. Exactly. That's how you learn. <laughs> try on yourself first. <laughs> so, uh, what are the what are the easier to harder houses to sell? Like, do you ever pick up a challenging sell that could possibly like hit big, or do you just kind of stay in a median area? Uh, I think I usually just stay in like a median area. I use mainly just work with buyers, so it really I don't really find anything challenging per se, just because. As a real estate agent, you have the right to pick your clients in this sense. So, yes, they pick you. But if it's somebody that I know is going to be super difficult, I'll say, hey, I think I have a great agent that was willing to work with you. Let me get your name, your number, your email down. I'll refer you to them. And then when they lease or buy a house, I get 25% of it just by passing on the name. <laughs> so I really haven't found it to be challenging because I work with the people I like. And then the ones I don't, I refer them out. Okay, so it's always girls too. You can make a lot of money off just referring clients to other real estate agents and not doing any work yourself. <laughs> so there's always a win-win scenario. Exactly. I like that. I like that. All right, on to the next question. Um, what possible branches could you go off from here? So going from real estate. Where could you divert off to now that you're good in this industry? Um, just as far as real estate wise goes. Are the real estate or because some real estate agents turn into home flippers or turn into or just end up buying more property themselves and just kind of like having a lot of rental properties or whatever they want to do with it? Yeah, so you can do a bunch of things. Like I said, I started off in property management. So that's like managing an apartment complex. Um, you can do like I'm doing now. You can do apartment locating, new home sales. Um, you can do new homes just as a real estate agent where you only help clients get new homes. Or you can actually work for a builder. 
the catch is in Texas, you have to have your license inactive to work for a builder because they don't want you like bringing clients in and then trying to go sell them the house somewhere else. <laughs> they want their focus to be all on those homes. Um, you can work for a commercial real estate agency where you only do buildings. Um, you can get your own brokerage. So I know in Texas you have to have like 360 points and there's like a little point system and you have to have 900 education hours of real estate to be a broker and four years of experience I believe now because they used to have it where you can just get your broker's license and anybody was becoming brokers and that's not a good thing. You actually need to have some experience to run a real estate company. Um, you can do investments where you buy properties or you can work for an investment company and that's pretty much it. You can work for a corporate real estate company too. Hmm. So you have a lot of options in real estate. They kind of go on and on. I see the options are, the options are great. Uh, have a lot of learning uh, capabilities within them. You could learn different things, join under different branches, get different experiences. Probably. Yeah, and then if you want to get your own homes and have your own investment properties, just having that knowledge on how to run it by yourself without having to hire people in is very valuable. So I know I probably want to do maybe like 10 rental homes maybe in the future. Ten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when I was working for the real estate investment firm, we had about 30, 40 that I managed, and it's really not hard. If you're used to it, like if I wasn't used to property management at first, then I'd probably be like, oh my goodness, but having that experience is not that bad. As long as you keep your properties up, you shouldn't have to interact with your residents that much. Yeah, that's kind of how my house is out here in England. They they built it up well enough. Uh, I haven't had to really bug them about anything. It's just like really, really tiny things that... It's just Europeanism houses. Like, I wish that the doors had locks on the inside so I didn't have to use a key to get out my own house. That's kind of... No. Yeah, that, that's super annoying. <laughs> yeah, I, I never saw that when I was over there. I guess I never paid attention. And I was always at hotels, so you really need it. <laughs> oh, yeah. The houses are... I don't know why that and their windows uh they don't have screens on their windows so if you ever open and they also don't have internal like hvac for the most part like Eng oh, good. yeah english houses they want to maintain like the historical whatever of them they 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 try to be pish posh about it but at the end of the day they just don't want to put hvac in the houses so well how does that work in the summer uh you burn that's it there's nothing else or you buy like uh an external air conditioning unit which it's not like you know the ones in the south where you could just put it in the window because the windows <laughs> don't open up that big um it's all just like the industrial size like you it sits on the floor you put the giant hose through a window and plug it up kill your electric bill and you know let it chill your house or you just burn because they also don't have that many ceilings. I don't think there's a single ceiling fan in my house. Oh, wow. Yeah, and during the wintertime, they just have uh, radiators like New York everywhere. Oh, you know, I can do that. I didn't know that. Yeah, it is. 
<laughs> oh, it, it is such an experience. I wish they would change that. So, but but then they have the audacity to have a thermostat on the wall. And I asked the lady, I was like, well, why is there a thermostat if it don't work? And she was like, oh, well, it, it, it works up to uh, up to 21, up to 21. It's like, what, 21 Celsius? It's like, that's hot. That is hot. Anything for you. How hot does it get in the summertime? It, Fahrenheit, it'll hit about 98. This summer, it wasn't bad. But I'm also going to shut up because the summer isn't over yet. Exactly. It was only like a week of like 80s, 90s. And that was a pretty uncomfortable week. Like sleeping just was terrible. And the windows here don't open all the way. They don't have screens on the windows. So if you open them, any creature could just fly in your house. Yeah. It's it's annoying. And none of the houses here. Like I live in a neighborhood that... uh, there are houses worth over like close to a million pounds in my in my neighborhood. It's a real tiny village. And my na- my neighbors were telling me about I was like, what what makes these houses so expensive? They're like, we honestly have no idea because they're, they're they're not big houses. They don't have electric garage door openers. If you want to open up the gate to your house, you have to get out your car open it manually and then drive like there's somebody that lives across the street from me that's that's been trying to sell their house i think it's the million dollar house they have like lamborghinis bentley's uh there's a mclaren that goes over there from time to time and every time they pull up they have to get out these super expensive cars to manually open the fence to their own house i'm like bro what the fuck if this is if this is worth over a million dollars i'm not getting out my lamborghini to open anything exactly i'm surprised they don't have that now like i can see that back in the day but like nobody right right it's 2020 it's it's not like it's a secret like electric garage door openers electric (laughs) gate openers it's not even expensive to install like i don't understand why they just (laughs) And they can't say, oh, the weather's too bad. We have these things from Alaska to Florida, from Alaska winters to Florida hurricanes to California forest fires. Well, that would be a good business opportunity for somebody there if they want to start it, it if it's a lot. And, and, and that might be the, the reason why it hasn't happened is because the UK has wild taxes for everything. Like... The taxes don't really make sense. It almost is like a tax to inconvenience people. Just to drive your car, there's a road tax that you have to pay. Wow. That is is pretty much an emissions test that you have to do every single year. So there's a road tax, and then there's an MOT. The MOT is the, I don't even know what it is. I guess it's supposed to be the money that goes towards like fixing the highways, even though there's potholes every five feet. And the, <laughs> That's used the pavement that they put down is just trashy pavement semi trucks just rip it up with ease it it all sucks i don't know what it goes towards and then you have to pay your own car insurance and then over here there's a tv insurance so if you have cable and if it like broadcasts i think sky tv or british tele whatever it is you have to pay a tv tax every year and that is ridiculous. There's a yeah, and there's council taxes that pays for like trash, 
uh, the police, the fire department, all this other stuff. But it's like 400 pounds per person. And luckily, yeah. we get exempted from that one because we're visiting forces. Like, it, it's just so many. Like, the UK could have so much better stuff. Like, it, it's not far from being as comfortable as America is. It's just, it, like, if people wanted to put HVAC in their houses, they would need permission to alter the houses. But a city's council could be like, no, that's a historical home. We want to maintain its sanctity or whatever and you can't get hvac in your house and you're like okay fuck the historicalness it's hot like (laughs) (laughs) do they have any new homes going up in that area they do but they all have to go by like very very strict guidelines like you're not going to see a new house come up and look like an american house there's like two or three houses being built in my neighborhood right now but they all look like every other house in the neighborhood it's very much like you have to look like you belong there yeah you can't be too creative if you want something creative you have to be out in the middle of nowhere where there's nobody to look like i guess it is wild i do not understand yeah that is like crazy. I've never heard of that. An electric before. garage door opener. Like that. You could live in Section 8 housing in America and have an electric garage door opener. It's an AC. That's yes. my thing. Maybe, maybe work with no garage opener, but I have to have AC. Air conditioning. <laughs> like I have to. That's. Oh I my goodness. There's so. Uh, the air conditioning blows blows me the most. Last year, mm-hmm. when the heat wave came over, it blew out a lot of grocery stores, like uh, refrigeration units, because the heaters that keep, well, the generators that keep the electricity going, all blew out because there's no nothing to cool them, and it got too hot. So a lot of the produce section was just completely trashed, like all throughout the eastern coast of Europe, like the UK, France, Spain. Everybody got it because Europe doesn't believe in air conditioning. That's crazy. Well, let me reconsider some of my retirement plans. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to admit. Hey. Definitely reconsidering. So I was thinking about maybe Europe for retirement, but not unless they get air conditioned by that. <laughs> Won't happen. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's it's possible, but air conditioning is a luxury. It's it's a lot of houses that don't just that that don't that that will come with it already. That isn't a brand new that isn't in a brand new subdivision. That's gonna be uh, if people want to live in different countries. I know everybody jokes about leaving America because of who wants to lead it <laughs> and whatnot. Uh, a little bit of advice: go live in that country for two weeks. Two weeks is all you need. You'll figure out a lot of stuff in two weeks. You'll figure just the li- smallest things. Just hey, could I be able to do this? No. Can I do this? No. Can I get a garage door opener? No. And it, no. Nope. <laughs> oh my god! Why can't I get a garage door open? I don't know the little things that you just take for granted. Oh, you gotta love it. You gotta love it, man. I appreciate the garage opener next time I open it. Oh, man. Think of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, 
that's funny. That's funny. But uh, getting back on track, um, before so before you became a real estate agent, or was it before or after you uh, became an educator or during? It was after. So I started in the real estate industry in 2010, um, property management side, and I got my license in 2012. So about 2016 is when I stopped doing it just because I was just tired of the hustle and bustle of real estate. It can get real exhausting if you're working yourself too much. So I was like, well, let me change careers, just give myself a little break. Maybe I'll do real estate here and there, but I just can't look at another contract. <laughs> so that's when I decided to get into teaching. So, you know, a lot of people try to apply for houses or apartments. They don't have their credit together. They don't know how to write a check. <laughs> it's just like real basic stuff. And I'm like, nobody taught y'all these things in life. And a lot of people teaching, you notice, some parents just don't spend time with their kids when they get to high school and really show them life skills. Yeah. So I was like, well, let me teach to help the world out some, make a little change. Um, so I taught family consumer science. Back in the day, it was called home ec. So like your life skill type classes. Yeah. And like, very interesting, like cooking for the first time. Some people never even done like a grilled cheese sandwich. And I'm like... You are 17, 18, <laughs> and you never made a grilled cheese sandwich. And they're like, no, Miss Martin, this is my first time. And after the class is over, they're like, thank you for teaching me how to cook or I did fashion design. Some people never sewn on a button before. Like I said, for human growth and development, we did things like resumes, writing checks. It's like a lot of basic things that you should know in life, but a lot of the students didn't because their parents didn't teach them, and who else is going to teach them besides social media? And social media is not teaching you how to write checks. Yeah, it's only teaching you how to spend them. Exactly. And that's one thing, too. We did a lot of budgeting in class. Like, one girl, she's like, oh, I'm going to go ahead and move out my parents' house, and my mom really wants me to stay. So I said, so how much are you making a month? She's like, oh, like $890. 890 Exactly. I said $890. <laughs> So I was like, let's see what $890 is going to get you. Nothing. And that's just going to be your rent. Yeah, a comfortable, a comfortable homeless person or a cold person in a house. Exactly. This is your rent. In that city, you can get rent for $890. And then you can't afford nothing else. You can't afford any groceries. Her nails are always been on. Like, you're not going to be able to get that done. She's like, what about my lashes? I said, no, nope, nah. you can't get your lashes done. You just basically can't afford anything. She's like, okay, Miss Mar, I'm going to go live with my mom. Like she said, I'm just going to go ahead and do that. I'm like, yes, you have to learn how to budget your money. But again, a lot of them, they don't know how to do that. And those classes, because I, I never took home ec uh, when I was in high school. I took uh, four years of automotive. So I, I kind of went in a different direction with like learning life skills, but not exactly like the budgeting and financing stuff. Luckily for me, I don't know how I just, well, I, I'm the youngest of five. So I just, I just had the luxury of watching everybody else mess up and just understand like, okay, don't do that, do that, do that. Okay, perfect. So I never had to, it, it wasn't hard for me to learn how to budget, but 
I know a lot of people who still struggle to this day, like in their mid twenties, which is perfectly normal for anybody that's listening. You don't have to be, you know, where you thought you would be when you were 17. When you were 17, you didn't really know anything. Exactly. And a lot of them still don't know how to budget. A lot of the real simple things that they comb over, they just never knew how to do. Like I was talking to one of my friends the other day and he's been struggling getting on his feet and um he said uh he was thinking about getting a laptop i was like yeah that's a really good idea that's a good investment if you get a laptop it's easier to do resumes it's easier just to like keep a database of everything and a lot of young people their idea oh well i have a phone a phone and a laptop are two different things one is way more efficient than the other one. One is a lot more professional than the other one. Exactly. If you ever want a serious enough job, you're going to need a laptop. Like you can't just do everything on your phone. It's even though phones are really incredible nowadays, they're just not but big enough. Cripples them so much too. Cause like even in class, like when I tell them like go to Microsoft word and open up or insert a picture. And they're like, how do I do that? How do I work PowerPoint? How do I copy and paste? And I'm like, y'all, how do y'all not know how to do this stuff? Or when they type, they're like pecking their fingers on the board. Yeah, never learned how to type. Exactly. When I was in school, we had the little covers that you had to use. So they how to type without looking, but they don't have computer classes anymore as a requirement. So a lot of kids are graduating. And they don't have the soft skills that they really need in the workplace to really get up and advance if they don't actually take the initiative to learn themselves. And I'm like, y'all have to learn how to do this. I can't show you every single thing there is to learn on Microsoft. Sometimes you have to play with things and learn it yourself. Yeah. But you have to do something over and over. And I'm like, the cell phones are kind of killing our young people work-wise because they don't know how to use laptops. Yeah, and I started building resumes recently, and one of the key things that I noticed a lot of jobs had in their uh, specifications or their preferences was an understanding of Microsoft Office. I I never thought that that was a hard thing to do because I always just played around with it. If I was just, like, I I took, like, a computer science class, so we had did all the Microsoft whatever, learned how to type, but... A lot of it, I I was a lazy student in high school. I just rather figure things out myself than listen to the teacher. So I just Googled everything. (laughs) And see, that's good. A lot of them won't do that either. They don't want to Google stuff. I'm like, just look it up. But Ms. Martin, I just need you to do it. I'm like, no, but what happens in real life when you don't have anybody there to show you? Like, you have to learn how to do these things yourself. Like, I had a student... He needed staples. So I was like, just go change the stapler. <laughs> and he came to me. He's like, Ms. Martin, I don't know how to change the stapler. And I just looked at him. I said, are you serious? He's like, yeah, Ms. Martin, I never changed a stapler before. And I was like, boy, if you don't give me the stapler and <laughs> let me have to use it real quick and don't ask me how to do that again, you should know. But, again, there, I just don't know. There's so many things I'm like, y'all just have to do better. And parents have to teach your kids, too. You can't expect teachers to do everything for you. It's yeah. not going to work. Yeah, they don't get paid enough to do it, to change a stapler. I don't even think that's something. Okay, that 
that that kid is lazy because my mom never taught me how to change a stapler it was just something i just looked at one day like like that's just simple intuition like the most basic level of intuition is oh i don't know how to change a stapler okay let me see what this stapler does if i pull this piece and pull oh look at that it comes up okay exactly how can you never have seen somebody in your life change a stapler i'm like yeah you're in high school that's impossible (laughs) teacher open the stapler before i know how many staplers we use that like you see before that just that that just might be lazy parenting that evolved in a lazy until a lazy kid it's 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 some people i supervise now They'll call me when I'm just up at the desk doing my reports. So, so Walker, uh, I, I had a question about this email. I was like, what's up? Uh, w- w- do I have to fill out this, this, that? They're, they're naming every part of a form that they're not supposed to fill out. That, And I, I, was, I was sitting there I'm like, did you read the email before you just opened the document? Did they, they were, know? No, they lied. They were like... Yeah, I looked at it. I was like, okay, so you would have seen the part that said only fill out parts 1 through 10 and 19 through 21, right? And you're naming 11, 12, 13, 14. You're like, wait, wait, wait. Uh, I, I might not have looked at it. I was like, oh, really? That's crazy because everything you were naming were specifically the ones that I told you not to fill out. Yeah. Which is real, real. basic reading as a chief and i tell them that all the time like if it's in my instructions i'm not going to repeat it more than once but miss martin i'm like no it's right there for yeah. you have to learn these skills sometimes it's like oh that's so harsh i'm like it's not harsh it's not but i've been a property manager i fired people before and i know that if you come to work and your boss sends you an email with direct instructions and you constantly don't read them you're gonna get fired yeah like nobody wants to look don't, and that that might be some a lot of I see a lot of young people that join the military do is they don't see a problem if they're willing to do the job. But the thing is, is after a while, I don't give a damn if you're willing to do the job. I expect you to just do the job. I don't want to have to keep answering the same question over and over and over. When for one, and the Air Force is very organized and deliberate about all of this stuff a lot of the questions they ask me are in all the binders that are up at their location for them to find out if they have a question about that and i i'm cool with them asking like hey this is what the instruction says but i i think this one doesn't apply in this situation that makes perfect sense i'm so happy to answer questions like that because there are going to be situations that aren't always going to be covered by instructions. So we got to figure different things out. But it'll just be real basic stuff. Like, hey, your job is just to stack things by this serial number. Uh, here's a scanner. If you have any questions, feel free to ask. But I, I want you to figure things out. Like, exactly. Don't ask me every single day where this item goes. Eventually, I want you to know where this item goes. And a lot of the jobs you look, they say somebody that's good at problem-solving skills. And that's when the part of problem-solving skills is to be able to assess the situation yourself and then say, how can I handle it? And if you absolutely have to get somebody, great. But if you didn't even attempt 
then that becomes a problem after a while. Because then why do I have you here when I'm just doing your job for you? That's true. As an educator, do you think there's classes in school? Personally, I don't think that a lot of classes in school really encourage a productive mind state, especially in like, I would say middle school is where it starts to matter more because elementary school, you're building simple foundations. Middle school, you're trying to build a solid structure from the beginning. And honestly, a lot of the math classes, a lot of the English classes, a lot of the literature classes, and it might just be the way school, the way passing a grade in school is, the whole no child left behind. I, I don't know if they're still doing that. That was a terrible thing because I pretty much just was lazy the entire year, passed one test and kept going. Oh, see, you gotta be my student. I've been yelling. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think the career and technical classes are the best ones. So my branch is under career and technical. So we had like my class, I have fashion design, human growth and development. They have like child development, nutrition. They have, um, robotics, they have criminal justice, like those classes I feel are the most important because you get those life skills and you can actually apply it to a career. I do think English is important just because you have to learn how to write. Yeah, learning how to write papers is important. Exactly. Math. A lot of it's redundant. I ain't even going to cape for math. Like calculus, all that. Like, isn't anything that you learn in high school math Freshman year in college? Yeah, but you don't use it at all, really. I mean, I don't use, like, formulas and stuff in my everyday life. I think if you're going to be, like, an engineer or an accountant, then maybe. But I don't even think engineers use the Pythagorean theorem. I've seen the classes I have to take. None of them are anything (laughs) that I learned in high school. (laughs) Well, then, see, you just don't need it at all. I don't understand the purpose of math in school, really. It, to me, it's kind of a waste of time. Science, um, I think that's kind of a waste of time. I mean, you do need to learn things and know about stuff. It's kind of cool when you look at a documentary. You're like, oh, I, I learned that in school. Yeah, yeah mitochondria. <laughs> to a certain extent, like. I think after elementary, you probably learn a good amount of science that you need, maybe middle school, but I'm not just going around using science. Like, I took a geology class in college, and I'm not just going to go around looking at rocks. I'm like, oh, this is the type of rock, man. <laughs> like, nobody cares. <laughs> so, I just think it's kind of redundant. I like how some countries do it where you only take classes that you're interested in. As far as like career-wise, but that can be kind of a trick too because you may change when you're interested in later on. Yeah, I I don't think I've seen a country that has a 100% like education system that breeds the best of the best because there's always a little bit of like salt thrown and everything. Uh, honestly, the American way of doing it, it it's kind of dumb. Over in general from the math classes to the science classes and then it's just that rigid formula of like every single year you have to do some form of like these curriculums but the 
classes that you specialize in aren't exactly mandatory anymore. So you don't have to take home ec anymore. You don't have to take... Honestly, I personally think foreign language is a waste of a class. I per, I think because Duolingo is free. That's my thing about it is if you could go uh-huh. and figure it out yourself, like I'm learning French all for free right now. And the crazy thing is some of the teachers just assign their students Duolingo stuff. And that's my thing. I got of education the most is because teachers don't really teach. <laughs> like I think they need to vet the teachers a little bit more. So like we have this thing called walkthroughs where they just pop up in your classroom to see what you're doing. That's cool because they can catch you if you're not doing something that you're not supposed to. <laughs> but then we have a thing called a, a yearly evaluation. And on your yearly evaluation, you pick the time that they're going to come and watch you. You pick the date. You pick the lesson plan. So you can pretend like you're an awesome teacher and suck. So I know they will always say, well, just do extra stuff. I'm like, I'm not going to do extra stuff. I'm going to do what I actually do so I can get, like, a real evaluation. And I got good ones, but it's just, like, a lot of teachers will actually put on a show. Or, like, we had a teacher, he taught aquatics, and he told the kids, he's like, I'm not going to teach you anything about aquatics. You don't need it. I'm going to teach you some things about life. But that's not what you're getting paid to do. You're getting paid to teach them about aquatics. So some student may be in your class who needs to learn about whatever is taught in aquatics, and you're doing them a disservice because you want to be the cool teacher. And I noticed that a lot in high school, too, which I think is so weird. Like, everybody wants to be the cool teacher, but they don't want to actually, like, teach their kids stuff. They just kind of want them to come in class and just chill. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. But then when they fail the test, and then your scores go down, you're looking crazy, but you didn't teach them what they're supposed to be learning. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people appreciate the heart of teachers until after. Like I had an economics teacher named Miss P and rest in peace to her. She passed away, I think last year or the year before. And she was a dick from day one. Like you walked into her classroom in the hallways, you would have never guessed because she's always, "Hey, sweetie, how you doing? Hey, honey, how you doing?" <laughs> Real, like you would never have guessed. You get into the classroom, you sit down, get relaxed. She throws you the syllabus. First day, okay, cool. She gave us the syllabus. Whatever. Most kids ignore the syllabus the first day. You come back the next day, she has a whole test about what was on the syllabus. It was like, what? (laughs) Lady, it is the first week of school. She was not. I got kicked out of her classroom one time because like my I I was I was a butthole in high school. I wasn't like I wasn't a dick, but I was lazy. I was like I was uh, my contact ripped. And I was like, Miss P, I need to go to the bathroom. And she was, and it was like during the test, but I had finished the test already. But we were there, gonna be there for a longer period. It was one of those days where the longer period was her class. She was like, mm-hmm. Oh, what, sweetie? Oh, you have to go to the bathroom. She's like, You always try to find a way to get up, go around. I know you be <laughs> skipping class. I was like, Miss P, I actually have a rip contact today. Like, can I go? it like take it out of my eye and try to get my glasses out my locker and she was like uh-uh honey if you leave my class you ain't coming back and you ain't yeah. and she was like i ain't taking tests until the end of the until the bell ring honey i was like hold on what do you mean you ain't taking the test i'm done she was like uh-uh not until the bell ring ain't nobody done until the bell ring i was like miss, miss P, i got a rip contact 
a test I got to turn in and a whole lot of pain going on. Like you really, but, and I just walked out the class and I had to call my mom. I was like, yo, I'm going to get an F on that test. I took it. I t- I t- now I'm going to go with Miss T on this one. Cause I'm going to say it's your fault. Here's why you <laughs> all the time. And then when you really have an emergency, they don't want to help you. Like I have this one girl, she always had to go pee. It's this emergency. I got to go pee. And she'd be in the hallway with some little boy. And then when she actually has to go pee, I'm like, I don't know. You Do you really have to go or are you going to be in the hallway? So I'm like, I'll give you five minutes to go pee. And she's like, oh, that's too short. I'm like, you don't really have to go pee. And she's like, you're right, Miss Martin, I don't. But see, if y'all would just use your breaks appropriately, you would have that freedom. But Miss P, she <laughs> <laughs> nah, Miss P would is she treated everybody like that. Like the athletes ain't have no bias in her class. You know, they they used to oh I I, I gotta practice for the game tomorrow. And and even even all the coaches, they knew not to mess with Miss P. They all told him like like she was like, uh uh-uh, uh, I talked I talked to Coach Dilla yesterday, honey. I talked to him. She said he said you got plenty of time for this test. It was, <laughs> oh, hold up a minute, you said. You see, you talk to. She, she was like, "You want me to call him? I could call him real quick." Miss P was on it. Miss <laughs> P sounds like me because I don't be playing with my students. I'm like, see, my students, you either would say Miss Martin is real cool or she's mean. And the ones that say I was mean are the ones that really just didn't get to know me, but they heard me talking to other students. Because I'll be real direct with them if they're doing something that's just foolish are you trying to be slick i'm gonna call you out on it for sure but like the ones who i got on the most were always my favorite students and always the ones that come back and visit are always the ones that you develop a good relationship with because they get in trouble so much (laughs) but they know like my students i've always pulled myself like i have anything against you but i want you to be better and i think they appreciated that especially when they graduated they would come back and tell me what's going on. I used to get like a lot of little letters at the end of the school year with like, I appreciate you for doing X, Y, Z or for getting on top of my grades or not letting me just do whatever. Cause kids need structure. Man, they, they really do. They really do. And like Miss, P, like Miss P was that. And none of us came back with the thank you letters until we all graduated, got a job and came back and we were like, thank you so much because we were like miss p you were way worse than any of these employers ever could be (laughs) (laughs) and we are so happy you didn't let us slide with the bs like she didn't let anybody slide with extra she told us from the beginning of the year she's like i don't do extra credit so y'all better do my work she's like my class is one of the and this was like the most evil thing she did. She said that only the first half of the semester we needed to pass her class because it was micro and macro. Those are the two halves. She was like, oh, you only need to pass one half, you know, to pass my class. And we we were all, oh, yeah. All right, so we're going to go hard this semester. Christmas break come around next year. We're going to be smooth, no. smooth sailing. <laughs> nah, dog, we came back that next semester. People coming in class popping our shit. Like, yeah, we ain't need you, Miss P. And she was like, oh, honey, I told you you needed half. I ain't tell you which half. We were like, no. 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 Oh, yo, we walked straight to the counselor's office. Like, yo, ain't no way y'all just did this to us. And she was like, she scheduled every single one of y'all for micro 
when you need to graduate with macro. She was like, that's a senior requirement. I was like, y'all evil sons of bitches knew about this. <laughs> and y'all let us try hard in the I'm not even mad at Miss P. I like Miss P. Oh, she was she was great, man. She, was, I love Miss P. At the end, I I think I started appreciating because I used to I used to talk so much. Like we used to go at it. Like I'll talk shit, shit. She'll talk shit right back to us. I had a broken arm. She used to call me Mr. Cripple Boy every time I came into class. She was like, oh, oh, wow. she's like, how are you late when you got a broken arm? You walking slow with a broke arm? It's like, oh my God, Miss P. It ain't even two. It ain't even two p.m. See, I couldn't do that. My kids went too food to them. But there are some older teachers that would say anything to their kids and they get away with yes. it. I don't know how they get it, but they would do it all the time. Like this one teacher, she's like, Oh, you're so stupid. You got a 40 on your desk. <laughs> I was just like, How do you not get in trouble for that? Because I know someone would call their parents real quick if I did that. So, but I don't know. I think old people can just say whatever they want. <laughs> oh, man. man, God, I, I love that. I love that. I love the transparency with teachers, with educators, and I, I personally can't be an educator because kids get lippy at me. I only get so lippy. I'm not that much of a, you know, I, I don't banter. Eventually, I'm just gonna slap the kid, and I'm, I'm gonna go to jail. Like. <laughs> Yeah, don't do that. Don't don't teach them. <laughs> yeah, I, I know for a fact, because I know how I acted in high school, and I was one of the better kids, which is sad, because I was just a smart aleck and lazy. There were so many other worse, so many other worse kids. I would never have pictured you as the type. I'm shocked. I, I was more I was more lazy than anything. Okay. Like most I of it. Yeah, yeah, just I, I, I wasn't very enthusiastic going to school. Uh, honestly, I just, honestly, I didn't really like my high school all that much. Uh, South Atlanta, Georgia, full of hoodlums. And the thing is, we lived in a really nice area. Like nobody lived in a house that had less than three bedrooms. Every yeah. everybody's house was relatively nice. It's just they didn't take care of anything, and they didn't know how to take like in general, just take care of their stuff, how to act properly. They wanted to make it the hood. So, yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, it just I, I never really cared to go to school. I didn't really relate with too many of the kids. I was still like country going to school. Like yeah. I just wanted to go outside and play all the time and I wasn't interested in homework. E- even now to this day, I tell my mom and she hates it every time I say it. But I, I understand it now. I tell I used to tell her when I was younger, I don't like reading. And she would get so mad when I would say that. <laughs> But now that I'm older, I still don't like reading, but I understand that I'm just not a visual learner. I'm not a reading and comprehending. I'm not a reading comprehension That's learner. That's how I am. Like, I'll do great in school, but I hate having to read stuff. Like, my master's, I will always fall asleep reading those little big books that we had to read. It was torture. Yeah, like, I, I just couldn't do that. And it wasn't too many teachers, and I don't think back then even they knew about it. But different kids have different learning styles. That's why I liked automotive so much and computer science so much is because I got to work with my hands and it translated into what was happening. I work I, like even in math class, I never wrote out the equations. And for a while, the teacher thought I was just cheating. And I told him, I was like, no, I just 
find out different because the math equations that you do in high school aren't that complicated. So you could really break it down into just simple PEMDAs. That's all you really need for most of high school. And that's what I did. They kept trying to make us do the Pythagorean thing, all this other weird stuff. I was like, you don't even need to do, you don't have to do all that. You could do this. And the teacher was like, okay, if you're so smart, write out what's going on in your head. And I wrote out every single last thing. He was like, well, that's not consistent. How would you be able to do it for this? I was like, oh, you would change it to this. And he, yeah. and he, he would, he, after a while, he just stopped second guessing me. And I was the only person <laughs> in the class who could just write out the answers and he'd be cool with that. But yeah, a lot of principals are kind of pushing you towards like changing up your classrooms now to where it's just not like taught one way. So like some days I would have lecture, some days I would have stations, some days we'll be doing like a hands-on project that all the kids can kind of get their needs met versus just lecturing all the time yeah there's got to be different ways for kids to retain things and maybe even just seeing if a kid retains things one way and not making them have to like you have to take this end of course test like this this is the only way even though if you could have noticed that student for the entire year doesn't do well in that style of learning or that style of testing but you make them take a test that way anyway. I get, you know, overcoming and having to navigate your way through things. But when it's just that way every single year, it's like, okay, maybe we could create some type of hybrid test where it's not just, you know, A, B, C, D, 25 of 25% of all the questions, of all the answers are A, B, C, D, whatever they want to do. Yeah. Or give them options. I would do that sometimes in my class. I have like uh, actually that you can do that shows that you learn everything throughout the school year or you can take the test. So like for nutrition class, they can cook something. They have to go over like all the safety and sanitation and like take pictures of the process or they can just take the written exam. I would have much rather. That was like automotive. Um, we had a two-part test, but the teacher would take the better percentage of whichever one we did best on and apply that to our overall grade. And it could be something as simple as an oil change or just changing tires, weighing tires. It wasn't nothing too complicated, but stuff that had like a process to it, like for cleanliness, like, are you using gloves? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? Are you making sure the oil pan is under the, (laughs) there's like an oil reservoir under the oil pan before you take the screw off. A lot of real, that. <laughs> yeah, we all <laughs> like you started. Like, where's the oil going onto your driveway? Okay. Yep, <laughs> that's a good class. I should have taken it. <laughs> oh man, and uh, I'll get to a last question and call it good. What are the pros and cons of being a teacher? So, I think the pros are mainly you just get to change so many lives and help so many students out. Like, a lot of my students, like I said, I would get on them, but they knew I cared. So, like, they would come into my class, like, in their breaks just to say, hey, or if they were having troubles with um, college applications and, like, financial aid and stuff, I would say, well, just come to my class during tutoring periods. So they have Wake Up Wednesday, so you have to go to some class to get tutoring. So, a lot of them will come and just get help. Um, and to me, that's basically it. You're just making a big impact. Now, the cons, I think everything else, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I think the, I think elementary and probably middle school, 
I don't know. I think their experiences are different, but I think high school just does kids a disservice because they really baby them a lot. They don't like set up the expectations high enough for them to achieve a successful career when they graduate. They just have to learn that in college and after. Like I said, a lot of the teachers, at least at my school, they just wanted to be the cool teacher. So, like, the kids would come to class and they wouldn't do work or they would just give them grades. Like, oh, I just gave my students hundreds. And I'm like, so they didn't do no tests, no quiz. They just got a free hundred. Yeah, I just wanted to be easy today. Or you would see students or teachers with, like, real inappropriate clothing just to try to look cool or younger get attention. I'm like, why? <laughs> These are the kids. Why are you trying to be their best friends? So I just want to be cool. I just want them to like me, but you have to teach them something. And then some of the tests, like the tests, not tests, but uh, talks tests and star exams, all those tests really don't show what the kid learned throughout the school year because they can have teachers like the ones I just talked about and then teach them anything. When it's time for them to take the test to graduate, they can't because they don't learn anything. Um, you can't go to the bathroom when you want to go to the bathroom. You got to hold it. <laughs> <laughs> that is horrible. Um, the walkthroughs, I didn't mind the walkthroughs. I would do what I was supposed to be doing. But to me, I kind of feel like it's kind of a setup. Because some of the APs are like, well, we just want to do a walkthrough to kind of catch you one time and see if you're going to do something it's wrong. Always gotta be, <laughs> it's always got to be somebody. They do the same thing in the military. They, oh, well, yeah, we're just uh, out here just... Seeing how you guys are doing. Well, shut up. No, you're not. Um, you trying to find something. I will always make sure I was on it. So you can find anything. Yeah. Um, most jobs, you get to work during your actual work hours. With teaching, you can't, like, grade papers during class. You're not paying attention to your students. You can't do lesson planning. So you have, like, one period to do that. But that's usually never enough because students are coming in or you got something else that came about the day. So you actually work more hours than you do a normal nine to five job. And just teachers are real messy. I heard a lot of people say that, oh, teachers are so messy. And I was like, okay, that's fine. But they really are like <laughs> the messiest people I've ever met. I'm just not a messy person. So Like what, they just be going around sleeping with each other, doing everything crazy? Well, there are some, that's some of that too. There are some people that have hooked up, had some kids, but a lot of them just want people to fail or they're like trying to see what people are doing to other people's classes. Like I had one lady, she's like, oh, my first year was so horrible. You'll probably have a real bad first year. I was like, no, I don't think I will. She's like, you will have a bad first year. I'm like, girl, I'm not going to have a bad first year. And I did it. So I'm like, why do you want somebody to fail? Like they're just so miserable. It's just not my cup of tea. It's always got to be somebody that got to be just that negative negativity, even if your job's so like have a little yeah. bit of optimism. Like, yeah, your experience sucked. I'm sorry. Exactly. Yeah. But they always say that avoid the teacher's lounges. That's what they always say. <laughs> really? Because I did not go and Some of them didn't like me for that, too. Though. You never want to eat lunch with us. I'm like, because y'all are messy. That's why. Yeah, y'all gossip. I uh, know. I'm not trying to be in that because when something goes down, I don't want my name in it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but pretty much it. I just think they need to do a better job at preparing high school students for the real world and letting them know, like, 
their behavior needs to change, especially their senior year. I will let my kids know, like, you can't do that in the real world. I you get it or you fail. I fully agree with that. I think there should be more behavioral analysis classes. I think it should be a wind down in senior year of all the tests and be more of like, okay, we're preparing you to not crash and burn when you get out of high school. Because a lot of kids get out and crash and burn because they don't understand. You just can't go around saying anything you want to people. They don't understand the world isn't going to treat you fairly. There's going to be people who don't have your best interest at heart. But overall, like most of the time, the bet, most of reality is on your own perception and reaction to things. And you can't be so focused on how, what others are doing to or for you. Because at the end of the day, you could do everything for yourself, no matter how long it might take. Luckily, in America, we are privileged overall as a country to have the capability to even be a homeless person and do well for ourselves. Mm -hmm. That is not a thing in a lot of countries most countries if not every single country i've gone to uh homelessness really could be mean life or death and it's not just like oh well homeless people could get stabbed no you could literally starve to death in a lot of countries just from being homeless because the people you're begging for money from don't have money either exactly like we have a, a lot of a lot of room to mess up in america Yep, but they got to learn it, organization skills, and just being accountable, and that's what I would tell them a lot, like, you have to learn how to be accountable for yourself, like, you can't expect someone to always be accountable for you, like, if you have a missing assignment, and I tell you, hey, turn it in, I'm not going to tell you every single day when I have 160 students to turn in your missing work, and you can't get mad at the end of the semester when you're failing, well, why do you tell me more? Your grade is online. You have a phone glued to your hand. You see your grade. Like, you just got to want to do better. And just try to figure things out for yourself. Mo- like, I-, I-, I can't speak for everybody, but if I see you trying to figure things out for yourself, I'm more willing to help you. Exactly, yep. Most people are more willing to help if they see you making an effort versus if you're just like, oh. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Or if you told them the answer and then somebody else comes and asks them, like somebody going in doing a walkthrough, they're like, oh, uh, how do you feel about this answer? I don't know. I never got taught it. I just told you. I, it's I it's on the board. It's on the board. You're lying. I know. Oh, I, oh man. Some of these kids get under my skin. <laughs> You're like a teacher. Oh my! Same. I am so. I feel every bit of that blood rushing through my skin. Just like I told you, I have papers that you <laughs> signed saying that I told you, because I knew you were gonna do that. Mm-hmm. Always cover yourself. Oh man. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> that was a great talk, great interview. I appreciate you for your time. <laughs> Hopefully, no problem. Anybody that listens to this gets a little bit of information about the real estate world or diving into being a teacher. It's a very rewarding job. I'm not the one to have patience for it, but <laughs> I'm also me, so that's not really saying much. 
I appreciate you and have a good night. You too. Bye. This is what it sound like when we roll in our eyes still open. All these people, all these drugs that could fit the ocean. They say they can, they say they can't tell me what they smoking. Making waves, making waves, making real commotion. This is what it sound like when we roll in our eyes still open. All these people, all these drugs that could fit the ocean. They say they